This episode of Internet Today is brought to you by Stitch Fix. Humans have been disrespecting and abusing robots for far too long. Whether it's that Boston Dynamics dog getting kicked repeatedly, or that hitchhiking robot, which successfully made its way around the world before arriving in the United States, Philadelphia to be exact, and then getting absolutely destroyed and left for dead on the side of the road. Oh, Philadelphia. I mean, we've been asking for it for a while. And, you know, there has been reported cases of robots attacking humans ever since they made their way onto assembly lines and into factories to perform mundane and repetitive tasks. But those types of robots, they're just programmed to perform exact movements. Today's robots, they're getting smarter. They're using computers and AI to actually think and make decisions based on their surroundings or the actions of others. Those decisions recently turned violent as a robot attacked its human competitor during a chess match. Yeah. It's uh, very upsetting, especially in chess, of all things, uh, a very distinguished Yeah, a nice, endeavor. calm, gentleman's sport. Yeah, yes. So yeah, a chess-playing robot grabbed its opponent's finger and just snapped it like a twig during a recent tournament in Russia. Mm -hmm. And the tournament is actually placing the blame on the victim. They are doing some classic victim blaming. And the victim in this case is a seven-year-old boy. How dare he? He should have known better, that uh -huh. child. Uh, we know what you're probably thinking. Did the robot overreact because it was, I don't know, losing to a snot-nosed child, causing it to lash out in anger, grabbing and breaking the boy's finger with the intention of ruining his chess-playing career? Uh, or was this robot sent back from the future to stop this kid from eventually destroying the planet after achieving some success in chess and parlaying that into world domination? Uh-huh. Uh, well, no. At least as far as we know. I mean, the future hasn't played out yet. But uh, Turns out the tournament simply created a situation that could inadvertently turn violent by putting little kids and powerful machines inches away from each other. And yeah, you know, I mean, we've had chess AIs for like going back like almost 40 years now. Deep Blue, like it's it was one of the first applications of AI, but it's always just been a machine that calculates the moves and says, this is what the move is. Yeah. There's no robotic element to it. My first reaction when I read this story was, why was there an actual yeah. robot arm moving Why are pieces? there moving parts to this? People what? play chess without the internet. People have played chess across the world by sending letters to each other with yeah. movements on it. You do not need a fucking robot arm, which has infinite strength. Yeah. 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 It's very strange. It's uh, like putting a, 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 like a thinking cap on a monkey and be, being like, well, the monkey wants to move the chess piece. Why don't we let the monkey go up and move the chess piece and see what happens? Yeah. And then a balloon hits Pops, the lights. And, and then, next oh, thing you know, Gordy's geez. going crazy. Gordy's home, baby. Go see Nope in IMAX. It's awesome. Anyway, here's The Guardian with more on this uh, incident. Yeah. Last week, according to Russian media outlets, a chess-playing robot, apparently unsettled by the quick responses of a seven-year-old boy, unceremoniously grabbed and broke his finger during a match at the Moscow Open. And see, like, right there, the reporting seems to indicate that, like, the robot was upset that uh, he was playing too fast or something. Wait your turn, kid. Yeah, it's like he showed up at like Washington Square Park in New York and, <laughs> and started beating everyone. They're like, hey, we're all just here trying to have a good time. Yeah, this all is right? more just a way to hey, pass Bobby time. Hey, Bobby Fischer, buddy. kick rocks. Yeah. Uh, so it continues. The robot broke the child's finger. Sergei Lazarev, president of the Moscow Chess Federation, told the TASS news agency after the incident, adding that the machine had played many previous exhibitions without upset. Quote, this is, of course, bad. <laughs> not great, not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the robot did what it was supposed to do. It's a robot. Uh, Sergei Smagin, a vice president of the Russian Chess Federation, told Baza the robot appeared to pounce after it took one of the boy's pieces. Rather Don't look it in the eye. <laughs> I know. That's, you know, this is... Uh, 
This is playing out in real life the same way it did in that movie. Uh, rather than waiting for the machine to complete its move, the boy opted for a quick repost, he said. There are certain safety rules, and the child apparently violated that them. That bad, bad boy. When he made his move, he did not realize he at first had to wait, Megan said. This is an extremely rare case. The first that I can recall. I can't added. believe this child had impulse control. Yeah, it was really weird that, uh, you know, he would feel somewhat secure around a chess-playing robot. Any child, this is how they fix this. Before they let the kid fight the robot, yeah. they put the kid in a room with a marshmallow on a plate in front of them and say, I'll be back in five minutes. I better see that ma that marshmallow there. No, no, no. If it's still there, you get two marshmallows. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, if, if they pass the marshmallow test, then they can uh, they clearly have self-control to, uh, you know, spar with this robot. And I feel like if this was like a, a, a curmudgeonly old... Russian chess player playing against this kid, he would also get upset if the kid was moving too quick. Yeah. Like, hey, slow down there, Buster. We're all trying to we're we're trying to have a chess match here, not a not a race. Yeah. So the the robot was just doing robot things. I mean, it is kind of a race though. They got those little those little timers. True. Does the robot reach over and hit the timer too? Well, yeah, just so unnecessary. Like, why is it necessary? <laughs> Why is there, the fact there's any robotic element to this at all is yeah. stupid. This might be the first time that a chess playing robot has attacked a child. But it's certainly not the last, especially with the way things are evolving. Yeah. This is only going to get worse. They're going to be competing in newer, more extreme sports that could cause even worse injury. Yeah. And then there's going to be a whole cottage industry of people complaining about robots in sports. <laughs> so we, we, we let these robots play in our sports, and uh, it's just not fair. What does the metal even mean anymore? They've got that hydraulic fluid running through all of their joints, and it's uh, <laughs> the compression uh, you know, strength of hydraulic fluid. It's much more than the human muscle and the skeletal system. It's just, uh, it's, it's bullshit. I mean, people keep telling me that uh, a robot could please my wife. And, uh, <laughs> please, Mr. Robot. And get her wet, as if that's something women uh, get. I, I refuse to believe this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm excited for the future. Yeah. Uh, ben yeah. Shapiro versus robot. <laughs> ben Shapiro's like next big Daily Wire movie is about how a robot <laughs> fucked his wife. I came home and there was oil everywhere. <laughs> Hydraulic fluid on the curtains. Uh, but yeah, so far, yeah, the future it kind of sucks. Robots are breaking kids' fingers. The sun is burning us alive. Check this oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You Whoops. went out in the sun for once. Yep, big mistake. Not doing that again. Uh huh. Uh, and yeah, now they're coming for one of the last relaxing things that someone can do for free. One of the last refuges of uh, all of our sanity. That's right. According to a new study, not even naps are safe anymore. Mm -hmm. No more naps. Uh, sounds like more boomer talking points directed at the younger generations who they deem lazy and entitled while having absolutely zero self-awareness. But according to a recent study published in the American Heart Association Journal, People who often nap have a greater chance of developing high blood pressure and having a stroke. Which sounds odd because you would assume relaxing enough to doze off for a bit would have the opposite effect. But apparently it might have more to do with what causes someone to need or desire naps than the actual nap itself. Mm -hmm. We're looking at uh, cause, causation and correlation here. Yeah. Uh, here's more from CNN's reporting on this. This may be because, although taking a nap itself is not harmful, many people who take naps may do so because of poor sleep at night. Poor sleep at night is associated with poorer health, and naps are not enough to make up for that, said clinical psychologist Michael Grandner in a statement. Study participants who typically napped during the day were 12% more likely to develop high blood pressure over time, and were 24% more likely to have a stroke compared with people who never napped. 
If the person was younger than age 60, napping most days raised the risk of developing high blood pressure by 20% compared with people who never or rarely nap. The results held true even after researchers excluded people who are at high risk for hypertension, such as those with type 2 diabetes, existing high blood pressure, high cholesterol, sleep disorders, and who did night shift work. But according to the article, quote, most of the people in the study who took regular naps smoked cigarettes, drank daily, snored, had insomnia, and reported being an evening person. Right, that makes sense. Yeah. So the obvious thing that we would pull out of all this would be if your body needs to shut down and go to sleep in the middle of the day, it's probably because there are a bunch of other <laughs> negative factors weighing into that. Yeah. If you want to take a nap, as you know, it's just a little treat every once in a while. All good. You're fine. Yeah, though this study does potentially explain just how hardcore some naps can be. Because taking a nap in the middle of the day, it's sometimes the hardest sleep that someone can get. Yeah, no, it's wild. And I don't know about any of you out there, but if I pass out in the daytime, it sometimes feels like I woke up from like a weeks long sleep. It's like, I don't know what reality is. Yeah, I'm no, confused about what time it is. Yeah, it's trippy. I, I don't nap a lot. I kind of go through phases of just like, you know, I'll go through like a week of just like the whole week. I'm just never like well rested. Yeah. And then for like months after that, I'll be fine. But um, usually when I nap, it's just because I woke up too early in the morning. That, I yeah. didn't get enough sleep the night before. And I should have just stayed in bed another like half hour, 45 minutes. But I didn't. And then it catches up with me later in the day. And then I take uh, just a, a nightmarishly vivid uh, nap and I wake up covering sweat and my what my time pocket. is yeah, yeah what the fuck is especially going on especially in summer where it stays daylight till like 8 30 yeah. here it's just like i have no idea what's going on in yeah. the world right now and i've probably missed a lot but uh yeah naps are hardcore so don't take them too often yeah you don't want to go do not become addicted <laughs> yeah but uh you know who's not taking any naps at all despite owning a company that is built around better sleep Mike Lindell. Oh, I can't imagine why. <laughs> Who isn't in the news this time around for his pillows. Or, well, I, I mean, I guess it's sort of related to his constantly disputed claims of election fraud. But this time it's more for his crack addiction, which may have been affecting him for longer than we had previously known. And might explain his bizarre and erratic behavior. I'm shocked to hear about this. Yes. So, yeah, by this point in time, you're probably aware of Mike Lindell's previous drug use he kind of makes it a central part of his uh his story yes uh no one should hold that against him especially considering he does appear to have recovered from this addiction at least until he went full force into simping for donald trump and using his vast pillow fortune to launch news networks and numerous documentary films about the 2020 election also frank speech yeah yeah uh everything he's done has been absurd and incendiary enough since this election to get him blacklisted from even the right-wing networks. The man is radioactive. Yeah, they don't want him on. But he still pops up from time to time, uh, though he has been relegated to more amateur and in some cases more extreme right-wing outlets. And recently he popped up during coverage of a Trump rally in Arizona on a channel called RSBN, or Right Side Broadcasting Network, giving us one hell of a soundbite regarding the full extent of his political knowledge. Uh, the reporter says, quote, in politics over the last 10, 20, 30 years, if you look back, no one cared. No one was paying attention to which, which is not true, but to which Lindell replied, I certainly didn't. I was on crack. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Yeah, yeah, it's a great setup and execution. You got to hand it to him. Let, let's just play the clip. You know, in, in politics and over, you know, the last 10, 20, 30 years, 
No one cared. No one paid attention. No one was looking at what they were I doing. I certainly did. I was on crack. Yeah, and as you can see by all of the graphics on screen, uh, this isn't just a random interview or, uh, you know, he's just in the area. Let's get Mike Lindell over here to chime in. Uh, he's clearly funding the production of this channel by advertising his pillows and apparently his new line of coffee. Uh, it's so good you'll think I'm on crack cocaine. My coffee. Uh, really that's, gets, what, that's what it's called. Really gets you wired. Yeah. Uh, you so won't eat for days. <laughs> it Look, as far as it, he looking at him and the way he acts, I look at that and I say, I would not buy a pillow from this man. I do say, yeah. I would if this man is selling coffee, I want to try some because yeah, this I'll, is... I'll have what he's having. <laughs> yeah, he did, this is not a man who uh, knows anything about sleep based on the bags under his eyes. He sta he knows a lot about staying awake for a very long time. Yeah. So coffee, yes, give me all of his coffee. Uh, but uh, while Lindell's self-deprecating joke about his crack addiction might make him seem a little more likable to some people, it's best not to indulge him uh, because he's still very far off the deep end and seems to desperately need a good night's rest. Because in further coverage of this rally, Mr. Lindell tries to use uh, a metaphor to explain the current political climate. And, well, we honestly have no idea what he's trying to say. You tell us. Here's two cops. There's a bull here. These are people that um, know the truth. They know where our country is going. They know how bad if we don't get rid of the machines, it's over. They know elections. Everything manifests from election. You're sitting like this. Now that the bad thing, all the good stuff Donald Trump did for, in 2016 all the way up to December 19th, you bet you had people flow over to that. Now you're talking political. Oh, I'm going to be a Republican or whatever, you know, or they're going to be a common sense uh, Trump supporter, basically. So they're over here. Now that bucket, it was a, a one-way street. Now, nobody ever came out this way because they had no reason to because he did all these promises. Promises made, promises kept. I don't care what you didn't like him or what. You didn't leave this bucket because your life improved. Hello, you didn't leave the bucket. There's the camera. I'm looking at the lights. Hello. So anyway. Follow the, the light, Mike. Follow, follow the light. Follow the light. Okay. Not yet. We need you. Wow, Mike. Great stuff. Thanks. I understand everything more clearly now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What a great mind. Anyway, while we're briefly on the topic of right-wing grifters, we, we missed some of the, those January 6th hearings last week. And, and while this recent hearing was less explosive than some of the previous ones, we did get a wonderful video of Republican Senator Josh Hawley appearing to run as fast as he could away from the rioters who will, were infiltrating the building mm -hmm. that he works in. Uh, for some context here, Josh Hawley is the senator who appeared in support of the crowd in an infamous photo where he's looking really tough with his fist in the air. Let's do this, everyone. Yeah. In addition to that, he's also publicly supported Trump's claims that the election was rigged or stolen. He had done fundraising off of that support and in the days leading up to the insurrection, appeared in conservative media and suggested to the Republican base that there was still a chance Donald Trump would remain in office. It would just depend on what happened on January 6th. So I'm not saying what's going to happen. I'm just saying really depends. So yeah. How badly uh, do you want this, guys? What are you willing to do? Seems like he was, um, you know, at least a small, but, you know, integral part of, uh, you know, Letting people know that uh, whatever happens on January 6th, like, you could change the course of history. Yeah. And I'm going to be there with you until I am not. Uh, and obviously in the video, just cartoon sound effects. Yeah. Just, just peeling tire sound effects and he's gone. He's out of there. He'd been playing up this big macho persona, but in reality was seen running from people that he had openly supported for weeks. 
And the footage of him frantically running away was hilarious to anyone who's been following along. Even in the hearing itself, the footage caused an outburst of laughter from those in attendance. Yeah, it's honestly funnier than the footage itself. It's just that everyone in this hearing was just like, this is ridiculous. What a loser. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, upon seeing the now public footage, Holly's local newspaper, the Kansas City Star, released the following statement after labeling him a fleeing coward and a laughingstock. Holly has never apologized for attempting to reinstall a man who everyone around him knew had lost the election, as witness testimony continues to confirm. And that's the reason watching Holly race away from the Capitol invaders struck so many people as blackly hilarious. Saluting the Trump posse was politically expeditious for him before the siege began, yet once he realized his own safety was in real danger from the angry revolutionists swarming the building, he hot-footed it away <laughs> from his people to the protection of the security forces charged with protecting him. Where's that fist in the air now? Damn. Kansas City apparently just full of libs. They probably had to edit the part where they ended it with bitch. Yeah. You little bitch. Where's the fist now, bitch? Bitch. Yeah. All right, we have more news for you in just a second, including an actual update to that, that massive jewel and gem heist from last week mm -hmm. that happened uh, frighteningly close. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but first, let's take a quick second to thank today's sponsor, Stitch Fix. Shopping for clothes can be daunting. You never know if things will fit. Returns are difficult. Sometimes you don't, you don't even know where to start. This season, let Stitch Fix do all the hard work. It's easy and fun to get started. You first take a few minutes to set up your Stitch Fix style profile, answer a few questions about what you like to wear, what you don't, and how open you are to trying new styles. Then Stitch Fix's expert stylists will go to work finding items exclusively for you. Every piece is handpicked for you and is unique to your size, style, and in your budget, making it the best way to discover clothes that make you look and feel your best. Stitch Fix will send you five pieces to try on at home. Keep what you love and send back what you don't. Shipping, returns, and exchanges are always easy and free. Plus, there's no subscription required. Try once or set up automatic deliveries. There's no hidden fees ever. Sign up for Stitch Fix and get the season's latest pieces for women, men, and kids. Sign up today at stitchfix.com slash todaydaily to get $20 off your first purchase. That's stitchfix.com slash todaydaily to get $20 off your first purchase. Limited time offer purchase within two days of sign up. Thank you for sponsoring the show. Now back into the news. All right, back to the news now. And before we get off the topic of the insurrection, we should point out that one of the recurring characters from this show has a little update of their own. Mm -hmm. uh, internet troll Baked Alaska pleads guilty in a capital riot. And this is after he, uh, he... So it was set up for him to do a guilty plea. And then at the last he second, he was like... out. He's like, uh, I'm going to declare my innocence. And they're like, w w motherfucker, we have, we have been cooperating with you for months mm -hmm. to get you a sweet deal where yeah. you just admit that you did a little bit of insurrection we'll just a little you, bit we'll give you a light slap on the wrist yeah and he's because, like nah because the evidence you provided to us was substantial you literally filmed yourself doing it like we got you dead to rights <laughs> this is probably your best course of action is to take the plea deal well now he admitted yeah so uh baked alaska aka anthony gione is probably best known for the videos of him getting owned after causing his own righteous in indignation. Uh, there's the one where he harasses camping store employees over their mask policy during the height of the pandemic. Uh, the one where he pepper sprayed people at a bar in Arizona. Uh, the one where he accidentally pepper sprays himself, uh, but pretends that Antifa did it to him and then begs everyone around him for some, some milk. Milk! For his eyes. Please! So he can wash away the pain. Uh, there's the one where he was banned from Twitter, so he just walked around Burbank all day crying about it. 
and of course his magnum opus, live streaming his involvement in the January 6th Capitol riots and inadvertently providing mountains of evidence against himself and anyone within view of his camera lens. Yeah. The, the shot of him picking up, I think it was Nancy Pelosi's phone and being like, <laughs> I'd like to order more shares of NVIDIA, please. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so now he's officially pled guilty to his involvement in the insurrection because how could he say anything else? They had him dead to rights. Sir, you filmed your crimes. Uh, here's the Associated Press with more. A far-right internet personality pleaded guilty Friday to joining the mob that stormed the U.S. Capitol where he streamed live video that incriminated him and other rioters, according to a court filing. Anthony Gionet, known as Baked Alaska to his social media followers, faces a maximum sentence of six months imprisonment after pleading guilty to a misdemeanor count of parading, demonstrating, or picketing inside a Capitol building. The judge had scheduled a March 2023 trial after Gionet. The judge had scheduled a March 2023 trial for Gionet after he balked at pleading guilty during an earlier hearing. Sullivan refused to accept a guilty plea by Anthony Gionet in May after he professed his innocence at the start of what was scheduled to be a plea agreement hearing. Uh, it continues, and it gets weirder because why not? At the start of Friday's virtual hearing, defense attorney Zachary Thornley told the judge that a protester was outside GNA's Florida home and was recording the proceedings over the telephone, a violation of court rules. Protesting what? The judge asked. I guess him as a person, Thornley replied. <laughs> the judge instructed court staff to shut off the telephone line, preventing the public from hearing Jeanette enter his guilty plea. After entering the Capitol on January 6, 2021, Jeanette streamed live video that showed himself inside the building and repeatedly encouraging other writers to stay there. Come in, let's go. Come on in, make yourself at home, Jeanette <laughs> told other writers, according to a court filing accompanying his guilty plea. Jeanette joined others in chanting, Patriots are in control and Whose house? Our house. Before leaving, he profanely called a police officer an oathbreaker, the FBI said. And they add that Gianette's plea agreement includes a provision allowing investigators to review any of his social media accounts for posts around the time of the, the Capitol riot. Uh, so, and if he was on Parler, someone, as, as you recall, someone backed up just that entire website uh, right after January 6th. Yeah, uh, there must be there. something good enough in those DMs that prosecutors are like, you know what? You're probably going to get you're just a slap on the wrist. I mean, the maximum is six months. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's probably not going to happen. Why don't you just let us see the uh, the DMs and maybe uh, your Discord, your Discord uh, profile. And let's uh, let's yeah. get some more red yarn out. And... Could be some valuable information in there. Uh -huh. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if prosecutors are going to unearth any conversations that maybe included uh, some planning mm -hmm. for January 6th or any other events. Yeah. Uh, that'd be real interesting. But let's switch over to that update on a story we covered last week where an armored Brinks truck was somehow taken over by bandits who looted the cargo of jewels and gems. There were plenty of questions following the discovery of this heist, including the actual value of the jewels mm -hmm. and gems that were stolen, with estimates ranging from $10 million all the way up to $100 million or more. Basically, Brinks seemed to indicate that whatever they're worth, the person who contracted the services for shipment only claimed they were worth $10 million or they have a cap on that. I don't know. So that's what they're insured for. Um, the biggest question, though, is how a massive jewel heist from an armored truck actually played out. It turns out that the dumbest possible scenario is the one that actually happened. According to updated reporting, it was a mix of planning and execution on behalf of the robbers, but their opportunity to strike came at the complete negligence of the crew on board the armored truck. Were they all taking a piss together? 
it's it's basically that. I mean, it doesn't say exactly what they were doing, they but they uh, pissed together and then they 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 realized what was happening and then they peed on the floor and slipped in their own piss. And then they fell on the ground and they were like, and "Oh, just crap." Just rolling around in their own piss. Yeah, and then when uh, you know, several hours later when uh, yeah. authorities showed up, they found the guys in there just still swimming in their piss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Help. Uh, but no, apparently the Brinks crew pulled over at a truck stop in a somewhat remote part of the drive between San Mateo and Pasadena, and the crew just sort of left it there in the parking lot while they were inside for nearly 30 minutes as the thieves just looted everything. What could go wrong? The truck's got a lock on yeah. it. Yeah. Let's it's, just go inside. It's an armored truck. I mean, look, it's no Bucky's, but Flying J, you got a lot of stuff to look at in there. A lot of cool t-shirts and yeah. mugs and CB radios. They got so. a t-shirt for just every terrible opinion I have. Yeah, any psalm you can think of. Uh, here's the L.A. Times with more on this. In the early hours of July 11th, two armed guards left their Brinks big rig, giving a gang of thieves a 27-minute window to make the huge snatch. Its total value is still a mystery. Estimates range from $10 million to $100 million. The team of burglars bypassed the truck's locking mechanism and used the storage containers to haul away precious gems, gold, and other valuables from a Brinks tractor trailer. Wow. Say, multiple law enforcement sources not authorized to discuss the crime. The gang of thieves was able to quickly bypass the truck's trailer locking mechanism, enter its vast back, and unload a series of storage containers filled with jewelry, diamonds, other precious gems, and a plethora of Rolexes and other designer watches. So it was a big rig. It wasn't like the kind of Brinks truck you see going down to the bank to empty out the ATMs or whatever. I have never in my life seen a Brinks big rig. I feel like they wouldn't like advertise. Like, then how would any is... thieves know? Yeah, so this is interesting. I- I'm going to need to look up what even a Brinks big rig looks like, but I feel like they would want it to be kind of uh, you know, not not stand out too much. Inconspicuous. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, that does raise questions. Uh, inside job, perhaps? Well, also Someone just like... got the tip off? Inside for 30 minutes with like no one... Che- like not leaving one person in there or checking on it or anything like that. Like, look, I don't know about the precious gems transfer business, but it seems like you'd want to be a little bit more yeah. uh, eyes on the prize. That's interesting. Maybe they stuck an air tag on it. Uh, but also like the drive between San Mateo and Pasadena... It's like, long. It's like, I don't know, in a big rig, probably like eight. Eight hours? Yeah. So you're going to take a piss at some point. You would think that they would have pissed before that. They ended up, like, they stopped at, like, the grapevine. Oh. So they were only, like, 40 minutes from Pasadena, or an hour from Pasadena at that point. A lot of of suspicious elements to this story. But LA Times reporting continues. Arnold Duke, president of the, of course that's his name, president of the International Gem and Jewelry Show, whose exhibitors displayed the items in San Mateo and were moving them to Pasadena, said the truck contained many 70 to 100 pound plastic containers filled with jewelry, gems, and watches. Quote, we are looking at more than $100 million in documented losses, he said. This was an absolutely huge crime. One of the largest jewelry heists ever. We are talking gold, diamonds, rubies, emeralds, and loads of luxury watches. Uh, The Times indicated that it's likely the thieves surreptitiously tracked the truck from the gem show's last location in San Mateo. Air air tag. It was a fucking air tag. It could have been. And while this could have just been an opportunistic crime, someone had to figure out that locking mechanism, which was apparently foiled pretty quickly. And the thieves were taking a huge risk, considering that the Brinks guards were armed, and this is at a truck stop, which you would presume would have a lot of cameras around it. Yeah. So it does appear to be professional, but also the result of negligence by the crew or an inside job, because that's always fun to think about. Yeah. 
Either way, the thieves are still at large, which is also fucking weird. And depending on the true value of the haul, this could actually be one of the biggest jewel heists ever. So if they stopped at a truck stop, there had to be cameras somewhere there. You would think. I don't know. You would think. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Anyway, finally today, we have no idea what the hell's going on with wild animals and old women, but they're just not getting along right now. Mm -hmm. Previously reported on that woman who was not only attacked and killed by an elephant, and then the elephant returned to her funeral and threw her around once again. Just not to, funny. Yeah, it's not funny. It's it's crazy. Yes. A lot of people were speculating, like, what did she do to this elephant? And it's like, we don't know. We don't we, know. We simply don't know. And it targeted her, and it wanted even more after yeah. all was said and done. So now a giant sailfish has jumped out of the water through the air and used its long, sharp nose to stab an elderly woman in the groin. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> they are targeting elderly women. Yeah, here's NBC News with more. A 100-pound sailfish leapt out of the water and impaled a 73-year-old Maryland woman on a fishing boat in Florida, officials said. The victim was with two others last Tuesday when an angler on board caught the sailfish on a fishing line about two miles offshore. As they attempted to reel in the fish, two men on board noticed the creature began to charge at the boat, the incident report said. The fish then jumped out of the water and stabbed the woman in the groin area as she was standing next to the center console. The anglers reported the sailfish was estimated to be 100 pounds, the sheriff's office said. And you should have seen it. The biggest fish I ever saw. Yeah, how big are we talking here? Uh, 100, uh, they can get up to apparently 200 pounds. Okay. Um, and they, what you're thinking of in your mind is like probably like a swordfish or whatever. But yeah, it's a big, like a like a marlin-looking fish with a huge, long, sharp snout. <sighs> yeah. Damn. So uh, yeah, big too. Um, these guys, they got a good look at it, and it's coming right for us. And she didn't get out of the. They probably ducked. Yeah. Because they saw it coming, and she's just like on board, just having a good day out. What in the a summer. lovely day out in the high seas. <laughs> yes. Oh, much better than boring Maryland. Nice to be in Florida, finally, to start my vacation. What are you boys doing? Go! Oh! The two other men on the boat put pressure on the wound and met responding officers. Uh, she was flown to a nearby hospital where she presumably recovered, though NBC was not able to get any statement from the hospital regarding the woman's status. Hmm. Um, I would assume the groin is low enough to not have any, like, severe internal organs be pierced. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Luckily, she Could wasn't shorter. Yeah. Yeah. Could have got it right through the eye. I hope she makes yeah. a full recovery, and I hope no one ever visits Florida ever again. Did they again. keep the marlin or the sailfish? Sounds like it got away. Really? Well, yeah. They, they were like, they had to tell, they had to describe the fish. They didn't bring it with them. Oh, that sucks. Well. It would have been like, not none of this is funny, but it would have been not funny if the fish was stuck in her, and they were like, you can't pull it out. Because like, if you get stabbed with a like, sword, you can't yeah, pull it out. It makes yeah, it worse. you're going to bleed way more. So they had to keep the sailfish attached and get her back to shore. I was hoping they got it, and they gave her the taxidermy fish so she could be like, that's the fish that tried to kill me. But I, I got the last laugh, didn't I? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. There you go. That would have been, hopefully that's the case. They can probably still find it out there Yeah. You know, in the vast ocean and uh, bring justice yeah. to this unjust world. We need justice. Anyways, that's it for today's episode. Thanks for joining us. Uh, our merch store is up till the end of the week. That's it. This Still, is the last okay. week. Uh, July 31st. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. July 31st. True. So last chance to get whatever's left. After that, we're literally just going to burn it. Yeah. I'm kidding. We'll do something with it. Probably take it to live shows if we do it or something. But anyways, you won't be able to get it. So get it now. And in the meantime, watch our most recent episodes of Weekly Weird News and News Dump 
Subscribe to the channel. Click the join button if you want. Leave a comment. And uh, we'll see you soon for some tech news. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.